And we're back with another episode of the MDM Podcast. Joe Morales, Trevor Markowski here with you on this Saturday afternoon. Trevor, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm good, man. I'm gonna, I'll tell you why. And we, we know we disagree on this, but I'm going to give you a few reasons why you should be optimistic that MLB is going to start on time. Okay. So we'll get into that. There's some Aaron Judge stuff going on. We'll touch on that. And I'm also very excited because, you know, Topps the Baseball Card Company. Yeah. So their first series came out on Wednesday, I think. So me and my buddy hit the shop yesterday, the the baseball card shop. And the big card everyone's looking for this year is a Wander Franco rookie card. And in their first pack, guess who got that Wander Franco rookie card? He did. This guy. So this thing is all sealed up, and we'll go into the collection. Joe, are you a baseball card nerd? You see, I used to be when I was much younger. I would go to the hobby store. No, 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 no. no. But I I used to be when I was much younger. I would go to the hobby stores, and legitimately, I would buy $250 boxes of cards that, like, guaranteed autographs and relic cards. I, I, I would spend hundreds of dollars every month on baseball cards. I've since stopped doing that because... My parents told me that was ridiculous, and we have honestly, there's no place to put the cards once you open the packs, except for the really good ones that you you case up and you don't touch them. Most of the cards that you open, you don't do anything with. So I couldn't ended you, up I ended up having this mountains of cards with nothing to do with them. Couldn't you get one of those like filing things that you follow the cards in, like a nice neat row? Well, yeah, I have five or six binders of every time I open the box, I would put the cards in the binders. But what do you do next? You know, what do you do with the binders then? <laughs> That's true. That's true. So I, I found myself like, okay, I opened the packs. I have the cards. Now what? See, I, that's why I stopped opening them because there was nothing to do next. Right, right. But I'm excited. I got the card that everyone wanted. And my goal is to now go down to Florida and get this thing signed by Juan DeFranco. Got to figure out a way. When are you, plan- when are you planning to do that? Well, I'm going. I just bang. I just dropped the card. That's, a, that's great. I just. Um, I was supposed to go down there for a trip in April, so hopefully I can sneak away from the trip and head to the trop and try and find Wander. If he can sign this thing, I mean, we could be looking at a ten or fifteen thousand dollar baseball card here. Well, you see, first of all, Jody, I have to solve this labor issue first for you to get that. Well, I'm very optimistic that they're going to get this done, and I. You know what? You know what? This is like the court of law. You present your case first, and I'll present my case. Let's do it. You know what, Joe? You go first. I've been. On the optimistic side, throughout most of this process, I, I've said over and over again that opening day is going to happen on time, and I still think like this. And contrary to how everyone else feels, I still feel that they're actually gaining momentum here. And not because they're agreeing on anything, because clearly they're not. But as we get closer to this deadline that MLB set, which is February 28th, that is the deadline for the season to start on time, I feel as we get closer... The players are going to realize we have no money coming in. How am I going to pay my mortgage? How am I going to pay my rent? How am I going to support my family? And the owners are going to look down and say, we have no money either. There's no one coming to our ballparks. There's no concessions. There's no TV ratings. You'd agree that this is a business of money, correct, Trevor? I would say this is a, I would say 95, 96% of it is about money. So when both sides see that there is no money coming in and we are approaching that deadline, And they've repeatedly said they're going to meet every day next week and beyond that until a deal is is reached. I feel very optimistic that 
seven days from now, next Saturday, February 26th, we will have some sort of agreement in place. Well, first off, Joe, I will I will give you that they're meeting every day. I'll give you that. Which is a huge step. Which is a huge step. Now, will something get done, but that's two totally different things. Right. But my my thing is there, Joe, is, is that remember when they said that they were postponed? First of all, there's two things. One, that the commissioner lying to the fans at that press conference was outrageous. <laughs> yeah. So, so first of all, if he lies about that, then what else is he lying about? Right. So I have my suspicions about that. Second, <clears throat> when they said they were postponing spring training games, what was it, March 5th or something like March that, March 5th, right? yes. The players immediately fired back at saying that's false, that doesn't need to happen. So I see it right there is that they can't agree on anything. Not even delaying games they can't agree on. So how are you expecting for a deal to get done if they can't even agree on that? I'll tell you why. Because when there is no money coming in, they're going to realize that we need to make a deal. We need to make a deal quickly. And I was following along with Jeff Passan, who's the ESPN beat reporter, and he was almost live-tweeting updates right after the meeting ended. And one thing I found very interesting is that MLB, in its latest proposal, it they created a big document full of, I guess, clauses and different sorts of things that at some point next week or in the future, if a deal is very close, that the players would report to spring training and keep and, and play while the players and the owners negotiated the little things. So if, well, if we get to Wednesday, Trevor, and they're gaining a lot of traction on this new arbitration bonus thing, if they're gaining a lot of traction on the new minimum wage for, for first-year players and, and everyone else is earning minimum wage in, in Major League Baseball, if we get to that point at any point next week, players can report and they can keep bargaining and keep negotiating. I don't think we get to that point, in my opinion. Next week. Yeah, I don't think we get to that. How come? I think they're just so far apart. I think there's just so much hatred and, you know, corrupt corruption. I, under- you know, I like- understand that, but at what point... Like, eventually, they're going to put this aside and get something done. Like You, you know that, right? Ev- eventually, well, they're going to come to an agreement. When does that happen in your well, eyes? First off, first off, since this lockout started, which is going on over, over two months now, Nobody's acting like an adult for over two months. Absolutely, and it's really embarrassing, Trevor. And I look at the minimum wage thing as as the biggest thing where everyone's being selfish and not some adults. They are hell bent, both sides, on about a hundred thousand dollars of minimum wage. One side wants six hundred thousand dollars, another side wants seven hundred thousand dollars. I mean, can we not meet in the middle like adults and settle that? We have to argue over a hundred thousand dollars when it's it's that's a lot of money too. Six hundred thousand dollars and seven hundred thousand dollars, you know, it's it's more than typical American makes, dude. It's a lot more actually. And the other thing too is that the owners don't want the minor leaguers to be paid during this, which, yeah, which is ridiculous. I mean, you have to start paying these guys some sort of living wage. I mean, you can't so have them live, living in on top of each other in, in in apartment buildings. That's another thing I think the owner, the players will not like. That's a big thing. Have you seen that brought up at all? I feel like I haven't. I've, I've seen individual minor league players come out and say it. I haven't seen anything from the union. Well, may, well, maybe because they haven't really met since that's been the case. I mean, first off, they had a childish they had a childish meeting the last time. It was fifteen minutes. Fifteen minutes. What a joke! What so, a joke! If nobody's acting like an adult, what makes you think that we're going to start uh, now acting like an adult? 
Because I'll tell you again, man, I feel like once the money is being lost, that's when things start picking up pace. And I'm hoping that with no spring training revenue coming in and they have this deadline and, oh, crap, April 5th is coming and I'm going to have no money, I think that's going to get things going. I really do. Now, on the minor league thing, I think one reason why we aren't seeing a lot of the people from the players union bring up minor leaguers is because they're not protected or they're not Minor league players aren't part of the Players Association. They're not part of that union. So it's probably not on the Players Union's priority list to get these minor leaguers paid more. No, but, you know, I think there's other issues that are keeping them. You know, who's going to cave in? Is it going to be the owners or the players that are going to cave in? Because it certainly doesn't look like the players are going to cave in. And it doesn't look like the owners either, which is why we are here right now. And... I read the player's statement yesterday. If you want to pull it up and you can, you know, correct me if I get the wording wrong. But the players yesterday put out a statement. Or was this on Friday? I forget what day it was. It was one of the last few days. They put out a statement saying that the owners didn't even have to do this lockout. That it's their fault that they're even in this mess. And there's some truth to that. But I heard Evan Drellich, who I trust very well, on the fan last weekend tell Evan Roberts that the players were prepared to walk out of the season when we got to August or we got to September and the players were coming around and they were going to walk out on the season if they didn't do this. So for the players to say we could have played and the owners did this, no. You would have walked out in the middle of the season. It would have been a terrible PR look for them to walk out of again another season just, what are we, 25 years out from that 94 disaster where they walked out in August. We would have had another thing like that if we didn't have a lockout. So essentially, Trevor, the lockout is pretty much the best thing that could have happened. Because uh, on the contrary, we could have had a strike in the middle of August. Well, first of all, Joe, I, I, I first off, if you're talking about a February twenty eighth deadline, right? Mm-hmm. Why would you wait until Monday? Why wouldn't you start now over the weekend and start discussing? Man, is my thing. Wouldn't that make sense? Why wait another three days? And it's not like people would say, "Well, they're not with each other right now." It's twenty twenty two. We have Zoom, we have FaceTime, we have phone calls, we have text messages. I mean, you tell me we can't set something up remotely on a Friday afternoon or a Saturday afternoon? I don't know. We do it every twice a week. We we do it twice we've been doing it twice a week for the last two years. You tell me they can't oh. do this, they're that lazy? I mean really, and especially with the pandemic, uh, technology is certainly Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, I mean we've done uh, school years online. Yeah. And they and you tell me they can't hold up. They did it, Trevor. They did it in twenty twenty. They had a bargaining meeting on on Zoom. Remember they had the, remember they were arguing in, in June and July of twenty twenty. That's exactly and what we, this was. And and I think the COVID situation has made this worse. Oh yeah, that that whole sixty game season definitely made it worse because it, it was. I mean, looking back, Trevor, that was a preview to this. And this is the we, same stuff. At that time, we knew it was just coming up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Once we saw that happen, and I'm going to call it the mini lockout in June and July of 2020, I think that's when everyone started to know that this was going to be bad. You know? And I mean, that's 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 our world right now. That's what we're realizing right now. Yeah. Crazy stuff, yeah. man. Anything else we want to end the lockout? Well, I would say this, Joe. I think Major League Baseball, I, I'm not optimistic as you are. Mm-hmm. I, I think that we're headed down a dangerous road, I think, for, for the sport. I think we're headed for a disaster. I think we are getting ready for a 100-game season. I mean, so you would say right now opening day doesn't start on time? No. I think another crazy thing is, and we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up in just a second. I've heard some of these proposals with 
extra playoff teams and, and picking your own opponents. And we know where you stand. We know where I stand. I don't like the expanded playoffs. You like more playoff games, not teams. But from what I've read online, the players want or are using 12-team expanded playoffs as a bargaining chip, but the owners realistically want 14. And I mean, at this point, Trevor, I would take 12 teams in the MLB making the playoffs. I would not do 14, but 12 is more realistic. But I will, under no circumstance, uh, allow 14 at all. Well, the Universal DH is coming this year. Fine. I've accepted that. I hate it, but I've... But also, can I add one thing on that, too? Po- yeah. Pocket the playoff thing, we'll come right back to this. Uh, we'll, we'll come back to the playoff thing. I don't think it's fair for some National League teams to throw a DH on them in mid-February and say, go play. I don't think that's fair. Some, some of these NL teams don't have guys capable of being a, de- a designated hitter. Well, well, first of all, though, Joe, in a normal year, I would say yes. But in this mid-February, a lot of the free agent market is still out. Yeah, but half the guys are already signed, dude. Well, if you think about it, Carlos Correa, is he, is he, he's still out there. He's not I mean, a DH. Like, Corey Seager, he's signed. Is he really a DH? But I'm saying if you started it next year, everyone would start the offseason on a level playing field and have the opportunity to go out and get a big designated hitter. I think they did it this year because just for some positive news during all this. That's why. Designated hitter is not positive news, Trevor. I think it is. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, go, go ahead. Sorry. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm totally against 12 teams, 14 teams. I want them to play. So I'm, I'm standing firm. Okay. So you would not do 12 teams. And, you know, there was some, you know, old baseball fans like my grandfather who liked it better when it was eight teams. Right. It thinks it should be that. Right. Um, so, and also in this bargaining agreement, and I know they're probably not going to touch on it, but I'm telling you, Joe, I would cut the MLB to 150 games. And I know you're not opposed to that. I'm not. I'm not, but I would not do that. If you're telling me we're going to cut games so we can add more playoff teams, I would say absolutely no. I think no, that's no. something they're going to look at. We cut twelve. We tw- we cut twelve regular season games and add more playoff games. Playoff games. All right. If you if if we worked out a scenario, maybe that we'd also have to make sure that winning your division matters. So there's there's some yes, X's like, and O's we'd have to connect. And maybe we could talk about it off the air because I would like, love to actually you know look at that. If, if we say 150 games and the wild card becomes the best out of three, what would you say about mm, that? I don't know, man. I mean, are we are are we saying all three games are in one ballpark? All three games are in the, whatever their higher seed is. Do you think that's as much of a of, of a um? I'm losing no, my I'll word pick, here. You know, what I'll, I mean? take it, I'll take it. I'll take it a step further, and tell yeah. you the lowest seed has to win the first game. Yeah, see, that's the that's what the, the people in, in Japan do. I'm not opposed to that at all, actually. That's something lowest, I want to be opposed to. So you're telling me to like I, a two game series almost? If I give you that off, what would you say? With ten playoff teams and a hundred what? How many games? Hundred forty eight. 50 games, 150 games. Yeah, I would do that. Absolutely. But I am, I am just worried, Trevor, that if the players come to the owners and say, we'll lower the amount of games to 140 or 138, and the owners say, okay, but you have to give us 14 playoff teams, I'm worried that they're going to cut down games just to get more playoff teams in. That would be my concern, too. But, I, you know, hopefully that doesn't come to that. Hopefully. But, you know, I'll just quick story. My grandfather. He, he he's an old time baseball. He remembers when the season was 154 games. Oh, absolutely, and 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 two teams made the playoffs. Yeah, I mean when it was not 162. Right, right. Now, I'll ask you this because I I don't really know where you stand on this. Would you rather 14 playoff teams 
or the ability to choose the amount of team or the ability to choose what team you want to play in the playoffs. I'm I am against choosing what team you want to play. You I'm see, I would that. much rather choose which opponent I'd rather play than have 14 playoff teams. It's both, really. I mean, no, absolutely. I'm against. I'm against almost everything here. But if you're asking me if I have to pick my poison, I would much rather choose which opponent I want to play in a 10 game format than have 14 teams. It's it's kind of ridiculous that you know a team with 90 wins, you know, you know, again, it, it should be what the standings say. It shouldn't be what you know. Right. That's just my opinion. It should be but with the standings. The argument for more playoff teams is dumb. Is dumb because if you're the players, wouldn't you want less playoff teams so there's an incentive to spend and try and win? If you have 14 playoff teams, I mean, let's go. If we go back and and did the work, we'd have 70 win teams in the playoffs, dude. Uh, yeah, that's true. I mean, you know, Joe, how how you saw you see in the NBA now we have. And even before this, the old system, we had teams at 500. Yeah, playoffs. but dude, the NBA regular season's a joke. It's 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 meaningless. Uh, I'm talking about I'm talking about the uh, the playoffs that we had. You know, bad teams make the playoffs in the NBA. Right, but that's because the the NBA regular season is 82 games, and they allow half the league in the playoffs, so the regular season's watered down and it's meaningless. Well, for, first of all, though, Joe, you want to talk about regular seasons that it's long. That's that's too long, too. Oh yeah, absolutely. With with ten playoff and, teams, that is way too long. I, I liked last year when they did what sixty two or sixty eight games. It was or was it seventy two? I forget. It was less, but it was very good. I, I am I am totally against this in season tournament for the NBA. In the NBA, yeah, that would be atrocious. Also, that's just ridiculous. To me, if you're but, gonna if you're gonna have this many playoff teams, you gotta lower the amount of games. Well, Joe, like I I would tell you this, Joe. What if I told you the NBA season? I'll, I'll give you how about sixty six games. And ten playoff teams, or you know, the playing tournament, or whatever. But, but uh, the same system that we have. Yes, I would. Yes, for sixty-six games, yes, I would. And I, ha- I'd have no problem with that. Because I, I think eventually what's going to happen is, mm-hmm. if they cut those sixty-six games, the season won't start until around Christmas. If they cut some of those games. Yeah, probably, probably. Well, I mean, we, we we'd we'd have a much longer off season. We would. Now you could come. Now you would now. Because I'm not a big fan of the NBA starting in October. That's my opinion. You think it's too early? Too early. It should be November. You see, what if the Players Association says start in October, start in October, and we'll have more off days? Jeez, that's 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 a good one, Joe. I got to That was a good. See, write write that one down, Trevor. There you go. Put it put it in my good ideas folder. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else we add on MLB playoffs, Trevor? Joe, we are disagreed on this, Joe. But I hope. I hope that uh, your opinion comes on top. I hope Hopefully. to come on here either Monday afternoon or at some point next week and have an agreement. I mean, I, I know you do too. And you know, some sad news too, Trevor. I had to delay my fantasy baseball draft. Yeah, yeah Joe, I, I am not drafting any of mine until this lockout is over. Right. I'm not I, mean, any... I, I had mine scheduled for this upcoming Saturday. I am not getting any tickets until the lockout is over. I, I have two sets or two or three sets of tickets ready. Do you regret that now? Uh, probably. Probably. I, I'm optimistic, though. <laughs> but, but, Joe, I really I really hope you come on here next week and say, I told you so. I, I really hope that. I know. Happens. I know. I'm, me too. Me too. I would, I would love to be right about all this stuff. I know you want to be wrong about it, but we'll see. I mean, there's no way of telling. I just hope these two sides grow up, act like adults, and let's, let's go out and play baseball again. That's right. All right. Um, the other big thing in the news this week was Aaron Judge and what he said on the R2C2 podcast. And 
I had, I didn't get a chance to listen to it, but I did read the article in the post, which paraphrased most of it, which is bad on my part. I should have actually listened to it. But from what I gathered from the post article is that they must have asked him a tough question on if he's re-signing, and Judge was blunt with them and said they haven't offered me anything, and unless they give me a nice offer, I'm probably not staying here. And, you know, he, he sugarcoated it, and he said, I love playing here. It's an awesome franchise, whatever, whatever. But if... The Yankees let him touch the open market. I don't think I can ever forget uh, forgive them. It is rare you have this kind of talent come through town like this. And if you let him go somewhere else, that's a colossal disaster on the Yankees' part. First of all, the Yankees' front office is stupid. Yes. But they're not that stupid. I don't think they're that stupid. <laughs> I, I don't think he's leaving anywhere. Truthfully, my opinion, I don't think he's leaving. I think he stays. I think Why? they do give him an offer. Why? Yeah. Because he's the face of the franchise in the first place. But if you whether you agree or disagree, he's the face time. The he's the face of the franchise because they they will pay him. Yes. If they I don't pay him, he's not the face of the franchise. No, I think he stays because he's liked. Mm -hmm. I think the fans would revolt if something happened. <laughs> yes. Um, and I think this morning, I think, I think, I just think he stays. I don't think he leaves. Now, if you tell me that, you know. Judge is gone and Mike Trout's coming in. Well, you know, then then it might be acceptable. But unless a guy like Mike Trout's coming in, then I, I don't see how he leaves. I like your quote of the Yankees front office is dumb, but not that dumb. Now, dumb. it's absolutely true because I think they know the repercussions of them not re-signing Aaron Judge, who I think we both agree is the de facto captain, right? Yes. Unofficially, but he's the, like you said, he's the face of the franchise. I absolutely agree with that. And he's had some of the best seasons in recent memory. I mean, dating back to A-Rod. And the notion that he's injury-prone is false. I mean, look back at his injuries. He got hit by Brad Keller in the hand, and he's had one injured season. So the fact that he's injury-prone, I don't agree with that either. But like I said, it is rare to have this sort of talent come by your team. And for them to let him go would be a mess. Now, he is going to be 30 in April. So... I don't think they can give him anywhere like a, like an eight or eight to ten year deal. I mean, I would, I don't think that works either. But the hope is they find some sort of median, maybe like a five or a six year deal. But I think back to Robinson Cano and then not giving him that big deal. I don't know. Part of part, right of part of it scares me. They were right about that though. They were. They were, and that's something you have to keep in mind too. I mean, if you're if if you're the Yankees, Trevor and Aaron Judge. Says, I, hey, give me eight years or I'm leaving. Are you giving him eight years? Yes. I think you have I to. I, I think you have to. I think Alan Judge kind of has the chips to play with here, I think, more than the Yankees. Oh, absolutely. And what he said was if he doesn't get a deal by opening day, then he'll test out for agency. And if that's the case, if that's true, then the Yankees have a lot to do when this lockout ends. And they haven't necessarily started their offseason yet. I mean, we're looking at, they haven't signed a shortstop. We're still looking at Correa. We're still looking at Story. They could fill their rotation. They could fix up their bullpen. They got to get a bench. The Yankees haven't started their offseason yet. A lot of other teams are already ahead of them in that aspect. And adding Aaron Judge to that list of things to do, it, it adds a lot. But now, it's, ne now, it's necessary and you have to do it. Now, to be fair, a lot of the free agency market is still out there. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, they do have time. Now, the Yankees were one of these teams who kind of waited and see what this lockout situation was going to be like. Mm -hmm. They did not really, you know, they did they, not they really didn't start their offseason. 
No, they didn't. And I'll tell you what, Joe, the Dodgers are another one. They didn't really start either. No, the only thing they really did was was get Cody Bell. I think they re-signed Cody Bellinger. I think they signed Heaney. That was it. And Heaney, yes, they got Heaney also. <laughs> is that is that really a move? <laughs> but that's but that's really it, Joe. I mean, they they did something. In, I'm talking about in externally. They only did something internally. But you that know what the it. you know what the difference between the Dodgers and the Yankees are? What the Dodgers had a championship a few years ago. That's true. I mean, that's that, true. that that is the the big difference there. That is true. Trevor, um, are you watching this game on uh, Fox right now? Which game? Uh, this is all. This is what is this? Michigan, Ohio State, and I'm watching Auburn and Florida. Oh well, this Ohio State coach is being escorted to the locker room right now. It looks like. Oh, that's good. Perfect. He was arguing with the official. Oh, <laughs> huh. uh, what what did you say you're watching? Auburn, Florida. Yeah. Yeah. What's the Florida's up right now, right? Yeah, sixty-two fifty-seven with one is now sixty-two fifty-eight. I gotta put that on. I mean, I I was following that, but I'll put that on now. It's a big upset. I don't think Auburn's all that good, Trevor. I don't think they're that good either. No. In my opinion. Now, you want to touch a little college basketball? Now that, now that we just brought it up, you got you got you got anything on your mind about college basketball? Oh, Kentucky won today. They seem to be good. Yeah, Kentucky's all right. <laughs> you know, um, I, I I I I have something to tell you, and this is I don't know if I'm you know shattering glass here by saying this. I think Duke is the best team in the country. I I don't have an opinion yet, Joe. I have to watch more. You have to wait and see. Yes. I mean, this year I've been so into college basketball more than I have in the past. Hey, look at that. Duke's playing tonight against Florida State. Very cool. I'll be watching that. See, but I've been so into college basketball lately. And I got the bracketology down. I'm getting ready for March. Conference tournaments start up not this week. I believe they start up next week. And those no-name conferences. So, I mean, I'm all in that. Here are bracket seasons coming up, dude. Yeah, it's getting close, like a month away. How are your Sienna Saints doing? Well, they had a tough loss yesterday, Joe, but they're still in, like, I think the second or third in the max. So we should be getting a, a top five seed, it looks like. All right. You got you to gotta beat off Iona. You know, that's the goal there. We did beat him at home, Joe, but this is in a neutral court. So right, it, right. Uh, it will be different, but, hey, you know, eventually a, you, uh, the teams who run, like, five in a row, five-time defending champion, eventually uh, your streak does come to an end. Hopefully it's this year. Now, I don't know how much you have paid attention to college hoops. If you don't know too much, then just let me know. Out of all the locals, which ones do you think make the tournament? Out of all the locals, which one can I say I own it? Because I think they're going to be automatic. All right. All right. That's fair. Um, I'm, I'm, uh, let me rephrase that. I'm talking about out, at large bids, that they don't need the conference tournament to make it. Man. I don't know if there's any. Uh, you don't think Seton Hall Rockers make it? Maybe Rockers. Rockers maybe would. But you don't, don't, you don't think my Pirates make it? I don't know. Wow. I don't know. St. John's. It, it's going to be close. I'll give you one sneaky one, and I don't expect you to know this because I'm just a freak and I watch these games. I will give you the Wagner Seahawks, Trevor. Now, they, they have played they, very well. They, they are good. The, the problem is with them is that they don't like to give... Uh, they're not favorable to that conference. Right. No, yeah. no. And the, the NEC is not something that, you know, the, the guys who are making the brackets are, are, are swooning about. But... Up until last week, I, I'm going to go on a little Wagner Seahawks thing, so I'll, I'll let you know what happened here. They were 14-0 and in conference play. And to me, if you go undefeated in conference, they'll put you in. But they lost to Merrimack at home in overtime, which does not look good on the resume. So to me, Wagner needs a, a win in their conference that should make a tournament now. They're 19-3 and on the year, though. I agree. And Bryant's good, too. They, they, they're Bryant's good been very there. good, too, yes. And they, they play, I believe, to end the season. I think they're going to play at the end of the year. Yeah, the 26th is coming up. 
Yes. They beat Brian home, but they got him in the 26th. Yeah. Why didn't Seahawks such a little NEC basketball? <laughs> oh, man. Anything else you want to add, Trevor? Uh, that's really it. That's really it. But for now, I'm Joe Morales. That's Trevor Markowski. This has been the MDM Podcast. Go baseball.